Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Good Vibes with Jason B. of Broadminds and More Podcast. And today is called Brand It. Um, the other day I was listening to another podcaster here on Anchor. His name is Robert Boyle. Um, he's produced a lot of material, a lot of insightful material. He um, uses things from Gary V. I mean, I guess he's he's a student at Columbia University. Um, he's also a dance dancer slash choreographer. So he's involved in a lot of different things. But he was talking about some really important things that really kind of struck a nerve with me. And it's all about brand. So considering that the, our commerce um, geography is drastically changing from where we're going to start seeing the reduction of retail space or retailer companies, you know, and so on and so forth, you're going to see them fall off. And there's a perfect examples. If you want to look up the facts uh, about like what JCPenney's Gap, Victoria's Secret, um, and many other different stores are closing their spaces because it's just too much and not cost effective when the average, uh, more and more the average consumer is going through internet shopping, basically like catalog shopping. Now that doesn't mean that necessarily that all retail is going to disappear, but you are going to see, um, the birth of pop-up shops, you know, where, major stores used to be, there's going to be pop-up brands that are going to appear for a certain period of time and they rent a certain space. And then once their sales done, they're gone and a new one will appear, you know? So you're going to see that new um, retail geography pop up, but what does that mean for the rest of us? And how does it affect the rest of our um, our work world and where we shop, how we do business and what is the value? How can we decrease in inflation? You know, um, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. Okay. So here we are. It's the, in, in, you know, past the introduction and there's a few questions we got to ask. So the first questions that I want to ask you, and I just want you to think about this, um, is, what isn't a brand? What is a brand? And why should we create a personal brand? Um, these are very deep questions um, to really ask. And then not a lot of people are going to understand the concept of why brand is so important. Now, brands have we've known many of us since we were young from the get go from for example, if you wanted blue jeans as a little kid or, or your parents needed to get you jeans, back in my day, it was there's a few choices. There was Levi's, there was Wranglers, there was Lee, and those were American brands. Since that that time, those many of those brands have gone overseas to produce their goods because Levi's used to be strictly produced here in the United States. Matter of fact, they used to have a production facility in San Francisco, to my recollection, and they used to make jeans, you know, um, Levi Strauss, uh, they, it was a brand from the 1800s and it still is a pretty well-known brand if you ask me. But, um, since then, you know, they have distributed their products in many different stores, um, including, for example, a major brand store is JC Penney's. Um, they've sold their goods, I believe in Macy's, um, who else Sears, 
um, and so on and so forth. So now that these mega stores are starting to disappear off of our retail geography, where do they go? Well, now they're going, they're going to start going to which most, um, companies or brands like Levi, they're going to go straight to consumer. It's like, screw the, the rental space and the lighting and, and the employees that you got to pay for. Let's just go right to consumer, you know, ship to consumer. So people are going back to the old ways, so to speak of cataloging. Now catalog shopping, I don't know how long it was in existence, but I was watching a documentary a while back and they were talking about how in the 1800s, and sometimes even 1700s, that the people bought through things through catalogs. Now it's the same thing, but it's a different different surface that we're using. We're using the internet, so now it's global instead of regional shopping. It's that means a uh, perfect example is if you ever conducted or bought anything off of Groupon, um, Amazon, eBay. Um, these are a few avenues, or even Wish. These are a few avenues where the producer is going straight to consumer. And how they're doing that is they're using, instead of a major retail space, they're using a e-commerce space to conduct shopping. So if you wanted to buy some, most of the time, the hardest thing, because all these stores are disappearing, you um, you go to places like Amazon. So let's say like if you wanted to type up a USB microphone, well, um, the only places I've been able to find a USB microphone in a retail space is Best Buy. Um, used to be Radio Shack. They they no longer. I think Fry's and a couple others. So it's really and Target doesn't even sell them or Walmart doesn't sell them. So it's kind of like it forces me to go shop e-commerce if I want the product that I need. So it creates a paradox and a void for the consumer. It's like. I don't have any choice by people choosing to choose e-commerce all the time. That means they don't have the money or time to go to an actual store. But the thing is, is like we've seen even through catalog shopping in the history of that, people still needed a store to go to. People still want to feel the texture is something right. No one likes the process of having to return something. And it does happen. Or, and what's also part of what's going on is uh, porch pirates. Porch pirates deeply affect the e-commerce the e atmosphere and geography because people are following, um, for example, I just caught it the other day and I was waiting for a package from uh, Amazon truck and it said Amazon Prime on it. And there was a car that I didn't recognize in my neighborhood and he was, he kind of turned around and then he just took off because I was right there and I was watching him. And I actually videotaped him on my phone because I found it really suspicious that why is, I live in a court, so why would somebody who's, you know, following a, a Amazon truck or van, I should say, why are they coming down this street? Now, people come down my court every so often just to check out. There, there's a house next door for sale, but... But still, I already spotted them, porch pirates. And porch pirates aren't just like a typical criminal, you know, like um, these are women, children, and men conducting this kind of crime. And so it creates a loss of revenue for the seller and the shipper, which is Amazon. So they're kind of like doing it. So if you want to sell your products 
on Amazon realize that there is going to be a percentile loss because of delivery. Um, I noticed the last thing that I bought on Amazon when I paid for express delivery, they take a picture, they send it to your email, they tell you the status, how many stops away they are. So that gives you an idea of when you can be home or when you can receive the products so that, that theft doesn't happen. And that's drastic. I mean, Amazon has been deeply affected by porch pirates for the last couple years, or even FedEx for that matter. FedEx is also, it's a, it's a third party. They are shipping, um, their people are using, um, from producer to direct to consumer. They're using FedEx, UPS, um, what is it? DHL and so on and so forth. So they're using these different avenues to ship things to you and eliminating the third and fourth party retail space and seller and employee. You know, it's like, how are we really getting a product? So now the emphasis on brand is becoming way more important. Brand is a reputation. Um, like I said, when I was talking about Levi Strauss, um, Levi's to me was the model of good durable jeans that weren't going to rip up, weren't going to fall apart. You know, yes, there've been a lot of fashion examples through Levi's, but still Levi's to me was a good durable blue jean that you could depend on. That wasn't going to cost you over a hundred bucks, you know, cause I've seen those designer jeans like from true religion and so on. So um, it was e fair and economical for most people. And, and that's what most of us grew up with. I mean, we also grew up with Wrangler and Lee, but those were more like the cheaper, but they're still durable products. Now the makeup has really changed. Like, for example, most of my blue jeans are from Costco. They're the Kirkland brand. They represent what Levi's used to be. So they were durable. I've had the same jeans, some of them for like six, seven years and still they fit me. They still work right. So we got to understand that. So we're getting into, you know, what what is a brand? A brand is a name that represents a product, a quality of product. You know, why should you create a personal brand? Now, like Robert Boyle was kind of talking about, he's, you know, he's exploding onto this brief little stint where he's using like LinkedIn. He's creating his personal brand, not just for keynote speaking, but for his dance company exposure, you know, um, by there, it's an example of, he's getting rid of the middleman. He doesn't need an agent to handle his work. He can be in charge of his own work. And there's other avenues where he can, you know, draw up legal contracts, you know, but still there's always a need for a legal professional in that avenue. But I, I wish him all the best, you know, with that. But a lot of companies and a lot of people are going that way. The wave of the future was what he was kind of talking about in his episode was saying that, um, the technical creators, uh, the engineers, the tech support, uh, the high um, high paying jobs of tech and computers are eventually going to be disappearing because, you know, like he was saying, they're all you can learn how to be it on the Internet. The Internet gives you a free avenue to research and become anything you want. So there's no limitations. There's only the limitations you create in your mind. So what's happening is, is we're going to see a new exodus and I call it exodus because the Genesis had already started in the eighties and nineties with the internet being created and the computers being more accessible to people. 
And in the 2000s, cell phones exploded. So most people are using cell phones for their communication. And they don't even use a tenth of the capability of what their phone could be used for. Mostly it's all entertainment. So with these new tools, you're seeing a new exodus of the old disappearing, but don't count it out completely. So with brand, it represents a quality, you know, and that can be on your person or it can be, you know, on a product, doesn't matter. But what for the future, what's going to really happen and what's really going to matter is your personal brand of how your skills are going to be truly desired. So no longer are we going to be able to just say, oh, I'm going to go work for the government. Oh, I'm going to go work for this company and that's it. And I'm going to live happy ever after and I'm going to have my career. Well, that shit is going to disappear drastically, you know, um, and we have to be able to be adaptive. And I'm not trying to create fear because that's what's going on right now. A lot of people are afraid because they're losing their jobs. It's like, what am I going to do? You know, how am I going to be retrained? I'm, I'm 50 years old or I'm 40 years old or I'm 39 years old. I've already put so much time and effort and money into an education system to become this, but now it's obsolete. But the thing is, is like you're asking the question, but you've got the answer too. As long as you have the ability to ask the questions of what you can possibly do, you're going to be more attuned to what is out there. So you just have to start saying, let's go looking. A lot of people don't want to take that opportunity to go look, to go find. I've seen people who were um, tech support became uh, real estate moguls. And I've read about these people. They're like, wow, they have they have a great understanding of the digital geography of product and service. So these people have used the internet to create their personal brand, expose people, because let's face it, people are using Google, they're using Firefox, they're using all kinds of search engines to go find their products because they can't find them, you know, at ease. I mean, with retail space uh, being deleted, basically, and evaporated, it's creating a a whole new where e-commerce is way more important than actual retail sales. So um, why we should create a personal brand because, and why it's important is once you create a personal brand, you are realizing that you are selling part of yourself, the quality and the assurance that you're you, what you provide is excellence, you know, and that goes back to one of the sayings, you know, in the four agreements, always do your best. Don't give a half-assed effort into anything that you do because your reputation can far exceed your perception. So people are going to talk, you know, how people judge you. Now we're supposed to be not worried about how each other judges. But the thing is, is like, this is a reality. I mean, look at the digital media. People get oversensitive about little things and big things and make it more about that it shouldn't be a focus. It's like people are getting more hurt over small shit instead of really focusing on what's really important. People uh, are now saying, you know, the politics have screwed up our our economy and da-da-da-da. These people, these politicians, they are instruments basically. And just like social media, it is an instrument that we use, you know, um, the politicians are kind of like regulators and initiators, but we, the people are the consumer. We are the ones in use. 
So they kind of follow what we want. So the power of your dollar, the power of your word, the power of your brand is going to really speak volumes. I mean, huge volumes, more than what you will ever know. So take that in consideration. Okay, so we're going to take a little bit of a break. I'm going to get a little drink of water and we're going to come right back and we're going to talk about um, what we notice. You know, I'm going to kind of go over a little bit what I've already talked about, but even more in depth. So we'll be right back. Okay. Now, this part of the episode is called what we actually notice around in the in the geography of business. So we're obviously seeing retail collapse. We're seeing uh, direct to consumer um, growth. We're seeing new a new geography and um, you know wave of a new type of business that we're just not used to. And how does it all relate to a fear based economy? Um, these are very important questions you know, or statements. So we've obviously noticed, like, for example, Sears is going through bankruptcy or they're trying to do rebrand. We've watched Toys R Us went bankrupt. So in the, it was, this was like last year was like the first Christmas where people did not have the ability to go shopping for their toys for their children at Christmas time, because there was no toys to be gotten. And considering that the digital age with children being into devices, iPads, iPhones, whatever you want to call it, the actual use of a physical toy was not in high demand. So obviously Toys R Us, they are a casualty of supply, demand, and want. Um, the same goes through through like Sears. Sears was always known for their tools, always known for their service. Um, you cannot deny what Sears, the brand was actually all about. And then as the retailer of selling like, you know, stoves, ovens, and so on, and they were also in washers and dryers. They were also very reliable because they guaranteed their products. A lot of times, you know, from Maytag to Whirlpool, you know, when you went and bought a washer and dryer and you know, you bought it from Sears, you know, you were going to get that warranty almost guaranteed that you can come back. And I know for a fact that, um, Sears tools, you know, they were at least the ones I have, I've had them for the eighties, you know, um, they're guaranteed for life. If one broke, you could bring it back and they would, you know, offer to replace it. But because of the quality that they're made out of, I've had no tools that have ever broken. So, um, and what does that mean? So in relate to the fear-based economy, we're being scared and corralled into shopping by moguls, monopolized moguls of brands. And a lot of these brands are shifting to for your dollar. They're shifting like, look, we can't afford to uh, distribute through Sears or JCPenney's or Macy's. We can't afford to do all that. We're going to have to go direct to consumer and we're going to save money while doing it. But the thing is, is what they're doing is just creating a paradox where if people aren't working, how can they buy? You know, it's like squeezing, squeezing the last drop of blood out, you know, before they just throw you away. So it's kind of like they're shooting their own selves and they're going to have to reinvent and recreate themselves on what to do for brand purposes to survive for the next whatever geography of time and shopping. So we're going to see obviously investments. You're going to see stock, the stock market. I don't want to say crash, but they're going to take huge dips because people aren't buying the way that they used to. So it's affecting brands. So it's kind of like a fear-based economy. I better get while I can, or 
what kind of job. So it's making you realize I better save or I better not get when I can for the most I can. And it's cheap. Now, just because you're buying cheap doesn't make it great. Buying cheap has its a lot of drawbacks. If it's a brand that is sustainable and is guaranteed, okay, I get it. But sometimes you got to pay an excellent quality price for an excellent item or service. And that's just the, you know, what we have to realize. And that affects like all kinds of business that, that affects like the, the roofing company that you hire to redo your roof, um, the framing, the drywall, the painters, um, these people live off of their quality of work. And I, as a former painter myself, if my name wasn't doing well, I knew I wasn't growing business. And it, usually my business was growing by word of mouth. Same goes through my legal industry. Same goes through the doctors that you, you get, you know, prescribed as. So it's like, it's like a panic frenzy of like, okay, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go shop? How are we going to spend our money? Well, the truth is if you're smart about it and I, I'm not trying to insult anyone is if you're smart about it, take the time to realize that your dollar and the dollars that you are associated with, like your friends, your family, um, where you work matters. So not to say to fight the trends of what the world is doing, but to marginalize and regionalize control is be in control of your dollar, your attention. Um, there's so many ads. I mean, visual ads are being phased out. Internet ads are being added up. The voice community um, and podcasting is growing and growing and growing. And there's thousands of podcasters being created every single day. So that's something to really take in consideration. So um, what does direct consumer mean? That means that basically the producer is like, why do I got to go pay someone to display where I could have product loss? That means they're making product according to demand, not product creating for supply. And that's what a lot of stores have the problem of right now. They're holding on to product that has not sold. If you're not moving your product, and that's why a lot of these stores create these, I'd have to say fictitious sales, where they have to move the product. They can't, because it's like, like a house sitting on the market. If you let it sit too, mile, too long, you're losing money. So when people are trying to sell their homes, it's like, is there a market for someone to buy? You know, even my own mother is going through this and she's thinking like, oh, I'm going to be able to sell my house at 65 years old. What she doesn't realize is like, okay, you sell your house in California and you say like she wants to move to Arizona. You do this. You might not be able to come back and you have to think about your support system. So that, yeah, it's personal, but the brand of it all is, is just because you think you can get high dollar doesn't mean you will. And right now it is a buyer's well, it was a seller's market. Now it's a buyer's market. There's so many homes for, up for sale, but there's not any buyers. That's the truth. A lot of people are asking too much money and too many people are trying to flip homes and trying to be like fixer upper. And, and what they leave behind is garbage, true garbage. I mean, they're hiring people that don't have licenses and it affects our work and it just goes to shit. And it's just like, well, a lot of these flips you're going to have to go in and fix a lot of things because of the shortcuts you're making. So obviously all this is going to really affect how we shop, how we do business, how we conduct business. And there's a lot of part of the world that's not conforming. They are not conforming to Amazon. They're not conforming to the e-commerce way. 
they are sticking to, they'll do markets, bazaars, whatever. They're just going to say, screw you guys. We don't need you. We'll negotiate price. And that's another thing that affects inflation and price. Here in the United States, when you go shopping and you go to a store, you can't go to the retail manager and say, hey, I'll give you 10 bucks for these pair of jeans when they really cost 30. Even though they may have been sitting there, they're going to be like, ah, sorry, no, not going to happen. So you got to really think, um, what is his name? Thomas Edison, who was a mogul business giant, but this guy is a real bastard because he took out the negotiation of buying and selling. So people see a price on something and that's either they're going to pay it and go, or they're going to wait for a sale. But the sale goes to only such a point because the margin of profit needs to stay consistent. You know, they need to have lure. So marketing commercials has been like a really, really big thing, so to speak. And that is changing drastically. Just look around you. You know, a lot of these outlet malls going to be disappearing. Major malls going to be disappearing. There's going to be huge, huge um, retail space that is going to go empty. And I see it all over. Perfect example, in Manteca, California, they created these outlet malls next to a theater and a Bass Pro Shop that 80% of those shops out there in their outlet mall is completely empty. It was a bust from 2008. And and the, the people that own the space, they're not willing to rent out to just anyone. It's like you better be willing to install your own hardware materials and make your shop exist. And it's like, well, that's kind of fucked if you ask me. You know, it's like you're just sitting on empty space that's not making money, which it affects all of us because now they they create these huge malls and outlets and it's just like taking up real estate space that could be used for homes, agriculture, things that really make us money. And here in California, we don't have many factories of making anything right now because it, it's so expensive because of the taxes that we pay to maintain the state. So it's just like, well, what's the point? And I think this is a major complaint across the nation is how much taxes we got to pay. Now, that's another subject and matter in itself, but I don't want to get lost in it. So um, this is just something to grow. So don't be afraid of what's coming. Just be adaptable. Start making a brand. Even here as a podcaster, I'm making a personal brand and how I wish to stand out and how I wish to make product because of my podcasting. So, you know... That's what I want to go away with encouraging you. And we're going to be right back in just a little bit. Okay, and we're back again. So here's the third most important part of this whole episode is the importance of saving more and spending less. And how that's going to really affect things is it's really going to make the sellers and producers um, chase your dollar. Now we, we're all interconnected, but if we really think about how you're spending your dollar, as opposed to, you know, taking the observation of yourself, want versus need or desire, you know, to fill that void space, it's like being happy with yourself and in your own skin is very important, you know? And just because this e-commerce is changing the geography of how we do business doesn't mean that things are completely going away. It's just going to take a different aspect. So um, 
working by creativity is going to be a real big thing. And high tech can be losing against low tech because there are some people that feel like I need to try it before I buy it. I'm not just going to order it and think that it's going to be cool. You know, so don't discount what what has been won't be. It's just going to take a different avenue. And with the invent of AI and how it's going to affect and predict the analytics of your shopping, you know, it just goes off trends. So if you decide, say, okay, I'm going to save 15% of my paycheck and not spend it on crap, not spend it on food of uh, going out or whatever, you're going to notice more things. So the power of that dollar in association with people and family and acquaintances can have a huge impact on the e-commerce and retail space because then they're going to be like, okay, we can't price out what we want to sell just for what we want. We have to sell to where this consumer wants it. So that's a really big thing. And examples of that is in the pharmacy industry, there are designer drugs that are helping with so many different ailments, but let's face it. A lot of people can't afford to spend $90 on a prescription med that lasts for 30 days. No, they're going to look for the generics. They're going to look for the cheaper. So obviously, and the, was it a Senate hearing committee was taught interviewing some big pharmaceutical companies and like, yeah, we know they're saying, we know our products are expensive and priced out too high, but we got to pay for what it takes to uh, produce and sell and all that other crap. And it's just like, it's just a bunch of bullshit, you know, same thing applies everywhere else. So supply and demand really come into play. So what I want you to walk away with is it not, I'm not trying to create fear, but what I am trying to create is awareness for you to use um, a little bit more intelligence for saving not just yourself, but your community where you live and your family and what you're teaching them. Because like my kid always says, like, dad, what are we going to do this weekend? Dad, are we going to, what are we going to spend money? Dad, are we doing this and that? And I always tell her, it's like, hey, it's not how much we spend or what I'm going to go spend on. It's the time that we have because when you're growing up, you're going to figure all this out on your own and then you're going to raise your kids and they're going to think about, wow, dad, I didn't realize what I was doing. Exactly. Because you were, you were a child. And that's what I feel like what, what's going on with branding right now is we are children in a new age that we don't know what to make of it. And people are trying to predict how we use our coin. The value of your personal experience and your present tense is way more important than your want and desire. Because at the end of the day, it's kind of like a kid getting, you know, all the toys they ever wanted, but they sit in a toy box, never getting touched after a while. What's new now may not be new later. The use, fair use, you know, sharing, caring. These are all important aspects and creating your personal brand is going to make a huge wave in the long run, in the long term. And I want everyone to think about that is creating a brand as a personal experience and expression. As a podcaster, I'm out there to spread a good message and to create a good vibe in all things that I do. And as well as create business. So in my present and my future, if someone decides to hire me as their legal professional, it's because I created and I worked hard for my reputation and my personal brand. Well, that's all the time we have for Good Vibes of Jason B, a Broad Minds and More podcast. 
We are definitely going to be looking forward to making better content. If you are listening to me on Apple iTunes, please feel free to give me a rating five stars as possible. Um, one, you know, one is being not so great. Five is being great. Um, you can also leave a personal comment. If you're here on anchor.fm, you can, you can leave a voice message. You can call clap. If you want to gives me an applaud, lets me know that you're listening. If you want to reach me by email, reach out to me at goodvibesjasonb at gmail.com. That's where you can send in your responses, send in your personal views, what you think of this, how you connect with it. If you wish to make it um, private, mark it private and say, hey, private message. And I will not share your comments or anything like that. But if you want to share your perspective, feel free to write me or call in because that is really what's going to help the exposure of this work. This is completely all free and I'm not asking for any money at this time. Um, I just want exposure. So share with your friends. There is an icon. If you're listening to this on anchor where it says share, you can share it to your social media. So Facebook, Hey, go ahead and share it. But thank you so much for listening to goodbyes of Jason B. Have a wonderful day.